back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. I am your host, Cassie Joy Garcia, and I'm so excited to talk to you today. We are going to tackle a pretty big topic. And when when we wrote this down into our content calendar, today's topic, I it sounded so simple on paper. <laughs> it sounded so simple when we were just choosing a topic that we wanted to address on the podcast. We very carefully chose this one today. We're talking about how I personally broke the diet cycle. It happened years ago, and or at least it started happening years ago. And as we'll talk about today, you know, it's something that I continuously work on. It's one of those things you're never done really working on it. And we wanted to chat about it right now, right in the smack dab center of December, because like we did when we were did that little jump start on resolutions a few weeks ago. I really want to get into your ear now. I want to get into your ear before all of the diet commercials start flooding our televisions, before all of the before and after start flooding our Instagram. I want to just get into your ear and maybe maybe just propose a slightly different alternative. Alrighty, so how did how the heck did I do this? First, let's start <laughs> with my story. And the reason why this all of a sudden felt much more daunting than I anticipated when we just wrote the topic down was because when I was sitting down making my notes on today's podcast, all the outline that I wanted to, to discuss, I realized that I'm pretty far down this road. And granted, although it is something that I still work on day to day, or maybe it's less frequent now, maybe on a weekly or maybe sometimes just a monthly basis, it it rears its ugly head. Um, I really had to, I had to time machine myself back to what was that breaking point and when did I, when did I break up with diets and what were the emotions around it? What did I feel? Why did I do it? And how did I do it? And I chatted with my team because we talk, you know, when we have kitchen days, we chit chat all day long about Gosh, if there could be a fly on the wall, (laughs) there's some, probably some dirt that um, we throw around when we're cooking, just our view on the diet industry. And I don't have nice things to say about it. I'll just start there. But okay, so what is, what was, what is my story? For those of you who are relatively new listeners, welcome. My name is Cassie Joy Garcia, like I said, and I got my start in the health and wellness industry with a blog that I started back in 2011. It was June 2011, and I started it really on the tail end of my major transformation. Granted, like I said, it's something you're never you're never done with it, or you're not ever really done with it. But um, I was kind. Of, I had I had had a breakthrough, and I was making things happen. And I wanted a blog so that I could share it because everywhere I went, I had folks that asked me. They were. I had a, I mean, I was essentially a different person. Yes, I looked different, but how I showed up to people was very, very different. All of a sudden, I was a much more confident version of myself. I was much happier. I was much more positive. I was much more energetic. It was as if someone found my plug and just plugged it into the wall, and all of a sudden, I came to life for one of the, for, let's see, let me do the math really quickly. In my early 20s, how old was I? I think I was around 23. And so maybe I was 24. Gosh, I don't remember. Time flies. Anyways, I had just come to life and I had lots of friends and family members asking, gosh, 
what did you do? You are, you're, there's just such a difference. You look different. What's going on? What are you doing? And of course they wanted to know what I was eating because that, it, that's just the easy button. It's actually not the, it's the, that's actually the hardest button, but um, that's the one that everyone, my, their minds go to. And so I thought, well, sure, I will, I'd be happy to tell you what I'm eating. And I would tell folks and they'd ask more questions. And then it occurred to me, you know, maybe I'll just put all these notes into a website and make it easier for the three people who were asking to, to find my recipes. And so I plugged those into a blog. I spent a lot of time coming up with the name. I very carefully chose Fed and Fit because... I really wanted it to be clear that this is a destination of feeling fed and feeling fit. And it's not about trying to get there. It's not about trying to crush yourself or or do the most um, restrictive diet possible. I wanted people with full bellies and I wanted them feeling fit, right? I didn't want them feeling less than or like they had to starve themselves. So that's when I had started Fed and Fit. And what happened before that if we rewind the clock a little bit further, I was one of those girls in, or just young adults in general, because I know there are lots of boys and young men who, who go through similar things. In high school, I want to say that in high school, I was relatively well. A lot of my symptoms that started to pop up in college were, they're, they, 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 they hung out. They were pretty sneaky back in high school. Um, I didn't notice them as much because you're a teenager and children's bodies are much more forgiving than the adult body as so many of us know. And I went to college after being a teenager and having a great time. My mom was a great cook. We ate lots of stuff. We ate all the things, all the wheat pastas and the breads and the sandwiches and never too much. I wasn't an overindulgent child. Uh, it was just, it was just, I just ate and then I'd go to bed. I mean, sometimes I'd overeat on, she had this pasta dish that she called Chicken Cal and Katie, and I did not know how to put the brakes on when I had that pasta, but that was once in a blue moon. Anyways, went to college and had to learn how to um, feed myself. And y'all, I lived off of, oh, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I'll tell you anyways. In my dorm room, I lived on campus at Texas A&M University woo, for two years. And in my dorm room, I was fully stocked with Dublin Dr. Pepper. If you're familiar, if you're a Dr. Pepper fan from back in the day, you're probably familiar with Dublin Dr. Pepper. It's old school Dr. Pepper and they use a special kind of sugar. Today's show is brought to you by Biotic Honey. Biotic Honey is 100% pure, natural Australian honey from the highest quality beekeeping families. It's my favorite sweetener for tea, a key ingredient in my jalapeno lime margaritas, my secret to chewier cookies, and it's perfect for dressings or for drizzling over my morning yogurt. Best of all, Biotic helps improve gut and digestive health with 340 milligrams of naturally occurring prebiotic oligosaccharides per serving. That's incredible. These prebiotics nourish good gut bacteria, which is even more important for keeping us healthy during the winter months. You can grab your own Biotic Honey at Walmart and walmart.com starting at just $9.98. I had Dublin Dr. Pepper and I had Vienna sausages. And those two things combined was my snack slash meal heaven. I also had sardines, which is little did I know an extremely healthy choice. 
in uh, canned sardines in a tomato sauce that I would eat occasionally to the dismay of my roommate and my the, the ladies living down the hall. Anyways, that was me in college. I discovered pizza. I discovered you know, lots of more pizza than I'd had growing up, beer, of course, eating out all the time, potato skins. I was really poor, I had no money, and so I would just eat the leftovers of my that my friends had. We'd go we all go out to eat. And I was classic girl, I was like, no, I'm not hungry, it's okay. I you know, I ate, I am so so full. I had a Dr. Pepper and a Vienna sausage <laughs> before I got here. And then my friends would finish their meals and then they'd of course ask me if I wanted to, if I had any interest in the second half of their hamburger, of course I did. Anyways, that was college and I started to balloon in college. You know, they call it the freshman 15, sophomore 20, if you've ever heard of it. And I really did, I started to gain weight and that was one of the first times that I really started to, my body changed a lot. And of course the weight is what I remembered the most and what I found the most significant. In hindsight, my joints started hurting. I was so sleepy. Oh my gosh, I was I could not stay awake in a single class. I wound up doing fine in college in case anyone's wondering, but I still believe that I could have done much better if I had figured out how to just change things for myself sooner. Uh, I was very sleepy. I didn't actually rest well at night. I have vivid memories of just constantly tossing and turning at nighttime in my dorm room and then later in my apartment. And I wasn't eating well and I didn't really, I hadn't put that correlation together that maybe the food I was eating was having an impact on how, I mean, I knew that sleep meant if I didn't sleep well, I probably would be tired the next day. And so I just have more coffee. And then all of a sudden I just started popping no-dose, those caffeine pills in order to stay awake. And it was just this, ugly vicious cycle and now i see college students are living off of those monster caffeinated energy drinks and it's just the same thing they're tired they're not eating well which is making them more tired and so they can't sleep at night and then they start taking these energy drinks and i remember towards the end of college i went to i was so scared you guys i went to the um, the clinic on campus and i walked in because i had what I felt were two really hard nodules in my breast tissue. And I was very afraid of what that could possibly mean and got my examination. And it all turns out, they turned out to be fibroids, largely caused by the amount of caffeine I was consuming. Um, and they were completely benign. And the doctor, of course, held my hand and told me to cut back on the caffeine, especially the no-dose. He was like, it's okay if you wanna have coffee and the Dr. Pepper, but maybe cut back on the no-dose, which of course I did. And as time went on, those uh, those fibroids went away. And so all was well, but that's just to paint a picture of just how out of control and how out of touch with what my body needed and what I was providing it, I was. So that happened, my pant sizes kept growing and I decided, you know what? What do people do when they keep getting bigger? They go on a diet. And that was when I first started dating diets. And I did, I, I'm a front row student. I like to do my homework and dot all the I's and cross all the T's. And so that's exactly how I approached diets. And one of the first ones I think I did was the South Beach diet back then. So I had a lot of whole wheat wraps. Um, I switched from Dr. Pepper to diet Dr. Pepper because I made my own modifications and changes. I went really low fat. 
I've done that one, gosh. And I would just, I would stick to these things and then I would find a way to fine tune them more, find a way to make them more restrictive because I was gonna do the best at them. I was gonna be the best at dieting in this one format. And they would kind of work and then all of a sudden I would crash and burn because while I was also dieting, I would then at the same time go to the gym, the rec center there at Texas A&M, and I would hop on to an elliptical and I would sit on that elliptical for an hour punishing myself for all the things that I had eaten, thinking thinking back on those those potato skins that I'd had at the bar the night before with my friends because they were the cheapest thing on the menu and gosh darn it, I just love potato skins and I'd stick on that elliptical as long as I could and I was so tired and my joints were in so much pain. And this, and then all of a sudden the diet would fail me because I'd reach burnout, obviously, because I was living off of food that you couldn't live off of. I was really hungry, I was under eating, I wasn't hydrating with actual water. Um, I was killing myself in the gym and expecting myself to perform in school and uh, and then it didn't work and I was baffled. And so I would throw the baby out with the bath water, go back to my old habits. And even though I may have lost some weight, I would balloon right back up and I felt worse than ever. And so what happened is about six weeks later, maybe two months later, I would say, you know what, this time I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna stick to it. And I'd find another diet to marry and to lock arms with and I would do the exact same thing all over again. I would follow the rules. Maybe this time it's low carb. Maybe this time it's no diet, Dr. Pepper. Maybe it's just water. Maybe it's just black coffee. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, Oh no, I'm going to do, it wasn't even black coffee. That wasn't a thing back then. It was um, artificial sweeteners in my coffee instead of actual sweeteners. And and then now I'm going to also incorporate maybe doing some of those thigh machines at the gym and in addition to the elliptical. And I just found, kept finding ways to one-up myself and do it better and do it harder. And then when they would fail again, because I was burnout, exhausted, mentally exhausted, physically depleted, I thought I was to blame because I didn't follow the diet, because I didn't have the fortitude to do it. And it was my fault. And then I would get so down on myself and I'd feel so bad about myself. And then I'd turn right back to one of my greatest comforts, food. And you guys can see the the cycle continues. And for so, so many of us, this happens year after year after year after year. And maybe we diet twice a year right? Maybe it's not every six weeks, like a desperate college student who just wanted to, man, I just want, I, I would see, oh, this is back in the days of a really unhealthy body image, but I, I tied a lot of my self-worth in with how I looked. And I thought I am less than because I am bigger than, and I'm fluffier than, and my skin is not as pretty as, and so on and so forth. You keep filling it in. I'm not as good at school. I'm so tired, blah, 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 blah. And it just was this really sad, sad place to live in. And I know that there are lots of us as adults who live there now also. Um, and so what did I do? I, I kept in this cycle, gosh, I mean, for years, four or five years, 
yo-yoing in and out, feeling really great about myself. And then of course that's perpetuated because we live in a diet or a body obsessed society. And as soon as you show up to a party, let's say you're away from college and you come back and friends and family members look at you and they say, wow, you look so great. What have you been doing? If you gave them the real answer and you said, well, I have been calorie restricting. I'm eating 1200 calories a day. I cannot sleep at night. I have so much makeup on to hide my my sad, sad bags under my eyes. And I, I don't, I'm not doing great in school because I'm so tired. I keep falling asleep in class and I loathe my body. And all I look in the mirror is I see things that I don't like, but I live for the five minutes of compliments that I might get once a month. And that's what fuels me. Like if you give somebody that kind of an answer, they'd look at you, blink, and then walk away. But that's the truth. People who are addicted to diets, that's what they live for. They live for the flash in a pan. Someone looks at you at a party and says, wow, you look amazing. What are you doing? And we have a hard time admitting that that's what we're living for, but that's what I, that's, that's the truth. So that's the diet cycle in a nutshell. And at what point did I say that's enough? It was it was after, gosh, was it, was it vegan? I think it was vegan for me that was the last straw. And it's not that vegans, veganism is to blame. I think it's just that, I think that was the last one that I had tried. I think it was the 12th, it was something like the 12th diet I had tried and it was the most extreme in my eyes. And I thought if this doesn't work, then I don't know what will. And I went in with the same vigor and the same dedication. And I read all the books. I read the China study. I read... Dr. Esselstyn's books on how to prevent and reverse heart disease. I read them all. I studied up on Rip Esselstyn, the Engine 2 diet, and it made so much sense to me. And I thought, this is it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be vegan and, and it's all going to be great. And then I got as sicker than ever. My I kept getting larger. My pan sizes kept getting bigger. And of course, that's what I was obsessed with back then because I was body obsessed. But in hindsight, the the more alarming symptoms that I had were the fact that I was 24 years old and I was walking and wincing in pain, wincing in pain. My knees and my hips hurt so badly. I was also at this point, I had one-upped myself on fitness and I thought I'm just going to fitness harder. And I started running marathons, half marathons. I was very addicted, which of course didn't help my poor joints. But even as a early 20 something year old, I shouldn't have been in that much pain. I had so much inflammation in my body. Of course, I didn't see that. I thought I was just, you know, I thought I had a lot of body fat that I was carrying on and I just wasn't trying hard enough. And after being vegan for about nine months and running my little heart out and none of it worked, I was in this moment of desperation where you just, you've, you've opened up all the doors in the room. You've opened them all up and they all went, they all brought you right back to the same place. You feel like you're caught in a house of horrors and they all keep bringing you back to the same room of loathing, of self-loathing and feeling like you're less than and not enough. And surely all of these diets will work, but they're just not working for you because something's wrong with you. They all brought me back to that exact same room in this horrible house of horrors. I walked through 12 different doors and I was right smack back in the same room, except I was a little less healthy every single time I got back in there. I was a little bit larger, a little sleepier, a little more sad, a little self, more self-loathing, you name it. 
Today's show is brought to you by Pride of Bristol Bay, where you can get truly sustainable, high-quality, nutritious Alaskan sockeye salmon delivered right to your door. Pride of Bristol Bay's wild salmon is sustainably harvested in the pristine waters of Bristol Bay, Alaska. Their focus team of fishermen are committed to the highest quality and handling standards at the point of harvest, creating the unsurpassed quality and flavor you'll find in every one of their wild sockeye fillets and portions. Each case of their wild salmon is labeled with the name of Bristol Bay Fishing District in which the salmon was harvested. It's the ultimate in traceability. Boxes of supremely fresh frozen fillets and portions are of the highest quality salmon and they're delivered to your door skin on and already deboned. It's incredible. It's hands down the best salmon I've ever enjoyed. You can learn more about Pride of Bristol Bay and support their important work by ordering your first box of frozen salmon, visiting their website over at prideofbristolbay.com. That's P-R-I-D-E-O-F-B-R-I-S-T-O-L-B-A-Y.com. Make sure you submit the discount code FEDANDFIT, all one word, lowercase, at checkout for $40 off. Again, that's FEDANDFIT for $40 off. So what did I do? I'm like sitting in this, you know, what is it? Um, room analogy of in a room. And I decided that's enough. That's enough. I cannot keep doing this. I cannot keep beating my head against a wall. I need to stop walking through doors and expecting these diets to solve this big problem for me. I, my, the first thing I did, the very, very first thing I did was I kind of saw the diet in industry for what it was. Because I needed to I needed to look at it from an objective standpoint. I needed to pull myself out of my self-wallowing and I needed to look at it. And you know what the diet industry is? And this is what I mean. Like we rip on when we're in the kitchen, my team and I, is the diet industry is they're set up to keep you coming back. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. It is a pr- highly unbelievable unbelievably profitable industry because what are we selling we're selling the easy button for folks we're saying if you just eat or exclude these foods for 60 days for 30 days for blah 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 days then you too will have this rock hard abs you too will have more energy you too will feel this way but what are they not addressing they're not addressing the fact that that's just a band-aid sure you can make small changes and you will see results i saw results 12 times over with all 12 of the diets that i did i saw results every single time But every single time, as soon as it was too hard and I gave up and I went right back to where I was before, nothing was different. I didn't walk away from any one of those diets having actually learned something that I could apply going forward. They weren't healing. They were making things worse. They were destroying my relationship with food. I destroyed, I took, I threw an atomic bomb on my relationship with food over those several years that I was addicted to diet. I had no idea how to tell what my body wanted or what I actually needed to feel well. No idea, right? I mean, sure, I knew that I could eliminate carbs and eventually have more energy or eat a potato and have a little bit more energy, whatever it is, but it was, it was not from an intuitive standpoint. So I saw the diet industry, step one, I saw the diet industry for what it was. It's a monster and it's out to sell you something. It's not out to sell you a solution. It's out to sell you on becoming a customer for life. That's what it's selling. 
So if that appeals to you, if you're like, yes, you know what? I would like to keep coming back every single January feeling very down on myself. And like maybe there's there's a glimmer of hope in this program that I can sign up for and it's going to solve all of my problems. And then I would like to go through a period of self-loathing because I can't sustain it and I'm gonna feel really bad about myself. And then the rest of the year, I'm gonna like, you know, just go live my life and be my best me. And then come December, you know, I'm gonna sign up for that diet again. And I'm going to go through the whole cycle again. If that's something that appeals to you, I mean, I'm being kind of a jerk about it, but if that's something that appeals to you, fine, that's fine. Go for it. That is, it takes me to an ugly place because I was in such an ugly place when I was making those kinds of decisions. So I think that's what the diet industry is about. They want you to sign up again next January. They want you to keep coming back. They want you to be a customer for life. So I would remember that. The next thing I realized when I decided I was coming towards almost break, I was ready to break up with diets was I realized that the answers are not on a plate. The answers I was looking for are not on a plate and they're not in the gym, right? Because what were some of my, what did I really want? And this takes me to some actionable steps because I wanted to be able to give you guys not just a monologue of my journey with dieting, but I wanted to be able to, you know, boil away some of the fluff and, and hopefully come up with something actionable. So three things that I want to walk you through. If this is something that resonates with you and you're like, yes, I want to break up with diets. And this is a hard time of year to do that because we are going to stare the beast in the eyes. Oh my goodness. As soon as Christmas is over, you know it, you know it. December 26, you're going to turn on your television. You're going to be watching a football game with your family and you're going to see four commercials, every single commercial break about a diet of some kind or about some sort of a crazy gym, home gym thing. And all you got to do is get on this home gym thing, put it at an incline and poof, you have the most gorgeous calves ever. (laughs) So we're going to, we're going to, this is a hard time of year to really convict ourselves with breaking up with diets, but know that you can do it. And it's going to be hard because you're also going to pull up your Instagram and your Facebook and you're going to be just, there's going to be this onslaught of before and afters. So how, what are we going to do that are going to arm ourselves right now? If this resonates with you, what are we going to do to arm ourselves? Number one, I want you to actually get out pen and paper. And if you're driving, just remember to do it later or, or pause the episode and do a voice memo on your phone. But I want you to answer the question, number one, I want you to answer the question, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? Is it that you want to feel healthier? Is it that you want to feel more in control of the foods that are on your plate? Is it that you want to address a sugar addiction? Is it that you actually want to drop three pant sizes? right? Um, What is it? What is it that you actually want? What did I want back then? I wanted to feel healthy. I wanted to love my body again. And I wanted to feel like I own my own life and like I am worthy to own my own life. That's what I wanted. Okay, so that's step number one. What is it that you want? What is it that's selling you on the diet? What is the diet offering that triggers up some deep-seated desire you have down in the in the pits of your belly? What is it that it triggers up? And what what is it actually answering? I want you to write down what it is that you want that this that you think this diet is offering you. 
And I want you to write down very plainly what it is that you're looking for. Number two, the next thing we're going to do is once you've written down the thing that you want, I want you to then write down on paper, because I want you to be able to look at it objectively, how can you answer that want without a diet? How can you answer that need without a diet? Okay? And and again, this is only for the person who's tired of the yo-yo diet. This is for the person who's done. They're tired, they're at the breakup point, they're t- they wanna get out of the house of horrors, we're tired of coming back to the same room every single year. This is for you. We're gonna we're building ourselves a roadmap to get out of this horrible, horrible house of horrors. So, how can you answer that need without a restrictive diet that is prescribed by another person? How can you answer it? Okay, is it that you could possibly maybe eat more greens for breakfast? Maybe skip dessert six nights out of the week. You think that will move the needle? Do you think that will make you feel a little bit healthier? Do you think it'll make you feel a little bit healthier if you only have cocktails or wine a couple times a week? Or if you do have a glass of wine at nighttime, um, you know, you're just aware and it's not a, it's, you're just going to have one and then assess if you actually want another one later. You know, what is it that you need in order to answer that question? Is it, is it that you would like to actually learn moderation, which is a really hard thing to learn, but you can do it? Is it that you want to have more energy? How can you answer the need for more energy without a diet? Is it that maybe you reassess your bedtime? Is it that maybe you reassess the foods that you're eating that are causing you, actually causing you to feel more tired? Did y'all know that that's a thing? I know a lot of you know that, but maybe not everybody does. That sometimes when we're eating inflammatory foods that can really deplete our body's nutrients and we're feeling more tired throughout the day and like we can't sleep well at night, sometimes just tweaking the foods can actually cause our energy to spike and soar. It's really incredible. And you can do that without having to go on a diet. Okay, so that's how we're going to do it is we're going to write down what is it that you want What is it that you actually want? And then I want you to brainstorm because only you, you know you best. Brainstorm the things that you can do that are not in the parameters of a diet. That is exactly what I did, you guys. That is what I did. I wanted to feel in control. I knew I wanted some sort of a routine because I really love routine. Again, it's that it's the reason why diets worked for me. I love having check marks I can check off and do all the things, but I also know that I needed to break out of this rigid, restrictive protocol. And so what were my check marks? How did I do this for myself? Um, what I wanted, I knew I wanted to feel healthier. I knew I wanted my pain to go away. I knew I wanted to feel stronger. I knew that I wanted to feel like I am worthy and I and I could love my body again. It was such an ugly place, gosh. And And of course, I wanted to lose weight, but I did realize that it wasn't about the weight. You know, it wasn't about the weight and the answers are not on the plate. You know, I can't say that enough. So that's that's what I did. And how did I answer that without a diet? Well, I made breakfast a priority. I said, you know what? I Sometimes my meals become a runaway train and throughout the day. And sometimes dinner rolls around and maybe my only option is going to be a pizza. That's just the way it is. But... But I, but I can get in breakfast. I can get in a healthy breakfast. That's the meal that I have the most control over. 
And so I'm going to double down on the areas in my life that I can control and I can control well. It's not gonna leave me feeling depleted. Whereas if I've had a really rough long day and I really just need to press that easy button and I need to have that pizza, now I can muscle myself and I can go and defrost some chicken, steam some broccoli and do all that thing, but is that gonna leave me feeling defeated? Am I gonna feel, like what? what's what's the win here, right? Is it, is it that I'm gonna feel like I just dieted myself because I'm on a diet, I skipped the pizza? I hope, I hope I'm making this point well. I'm just trying to talk all around it. Is skipping the pizza going to feed the diet mentality, the restrictive diet mentality? If that's the case, then I would rather just have the pizza because of what I'm after is healing my relationship with food, not besting myself. I'm not trying to be the best person at doing this protocol, right? I'm trying to just do my life and live my life. And the path of least resistance, there's maybe a lot of resistance to have a perfect, quote, perfect nutritious meal at dinner, but there's not a whole lot of resistance at breakfast. And so I doubled down on my breakfast plan and I had really healthy breakfast. And that's when that all started. Like if y'all follow me on Instagram, you've seen all of my healthy breakfasts. It all started there. Seriously, that's where I started having, back then it was before kale, before I really discovered kale, and I would have lemony spinach every single morning for breakfast, and I would have eggs and blueberries, and gosh, what else did I have? I would have sweet potato every single morning for breakfast, that's what I had, and throughout the day, I was like, I, I felt good because I had nutrition in my belly, and I had done something that didn't, didn't leave me feeling mentally depleted. Um, what are other things that I did to make it happen? I changed up my workout routine. I realized that going and being solo and having only myself to answer to when it comes to fitness, because I'll, I'll challenge myself to stay on that elliptical five more minutes, but then I question whether that was the right decision or not, if that was the healthy decision. And so I decided that I was gonna go sign up for a workout class and I joined CrossFit back then. That was my answer and it has still been a wonderful solution for me. Found a wonderful coach in San Antonio, shout out, Elite CrossFit. Uh, Jeremy Tucker and Emily Tucker are the owners there. They have two locations. It's beyond fabulous, incredible instructors. They really watch you and they help you set really wonderful, challenging, but meaningful goals. It's a great place to be. And that's what I did. And I started yoga, which was a much more relaxing, restorative way to have fitness. Um, and then in just general, I, I told myself that I was going, if I wanted the margarita or if I wanted the, I don't know, I bean and cheese taco just came to mind, but if I wanted that, or if I wanted the breakfast pastry, or if I wanted the, you know, the pancakes, whatever it is, I wasn't going to tell myself no for the sake of a diet. I was going to have it. And if I wanted more then I could have more, but once you tell yourself you can have something, it becomes so much less appealing. I feel like Right, and that's that's why I have a, such a hard time with a lot of these very restrictive diets that are very popular this time of year. Is you're not allowed to have some of those other foods, and while I think that might work for a very small portion of personalities, it doesn't work for the majority of personalities because what it does is it makes the majority of people want that food more, and then you feel guilty when you have it, and then you shovel it down. It's like you punish yourself by eating the entire pie. You had one bite of one piece of your neighbor's piece of pie and you're like, well, baby's out with the bathwater. Just give me the whole thing. I'm just going to go ham on this whole cake or a whole pie. So that's why I feel like those don't work. Whereas this model was, I was going to let, I was going to tell myself that I could not, I can have anything that I want 
And, and if I had it and I enjoyed it, great. If I had it, I had a bite and it was as good as I wanted, then I could stop. If I had it and I wanted more, well then do I really, then I would stop and I'd reassess, do I really want more? Or am I actually just thirsty, right? And I would have a glass of water. That's what I started to do. I could go on and on and on. And I have a whole, I, we developed the Fed and Fit Project to help actionably answer this. And it's funny, Fed and Fit Project definitely falls into the diet industry in some ways, but Internally, I want you guys to know when we designed that program, we designed it to be, this is this needs to be your last diet. We want you to go through this and learn the lessons and, and take this long journey that I'm, take, I'm very tediously describing here. We want you to take these lessons and we want you to write them down and we want you to learn from them so that you never have to diet ever, ever, ever again. We want you to learn your body, feel empowered, and then, and then do it for yourself. And so, I don't know. I think that if, if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, but I still want help, we we're, we are opening the project very in like very small doses now. Um, so you can email us and ask if we have it open, but um, that might be an option and it's definitely not meant to be a diet. Okay, so those are the two steps. Write down what do you want? Number two, how can you answer that need without a diet? And then the third thing is essentially just rinse and repeat right? So I would say make it happen. And if something's broken or it's not working, or you're like, I cannot stop eating pancakes, or I'm still having three and a half glasses of wine at night and I need to address that, then sit down, rewrite it down. And then maybe, maybe also start talking to people and asking your friends and family, how can you help me creatively solve this problem? Right? What I want, what I want is to stop drinking so much wine. What I want is to, I don't know, um, heal my addiction to sugar. What I want is to lose a couple dress sizes. I want to feel a little bit more comfortable in my skin or whatever it is. How? And then ask your friends and family members, how do you think I can creatively solve this without dieting? Always lead with that. Okay, I hope that's helpful. So what is, and then the last thing I'm going to close with is what does healthy eating look like for me now? Um, so something that uh, team member Amber Golden wanted me to talk about is, and I think it's an interesting one to talk about, what does healthy eating look like for me now? Am I still tempted, it, tempted, it, oh my goodness, am I still tempted by diets? You bet your bippy. They are so tempting. Right now, we are in the day and age of keto is all the rage. I mean, I have several family members that are going into keto, and it's so hard not to get swept up into that and think, gosh, is that what I need to do? Maybe that's what I, guys, I haven't, I haven't done keto. I mean, I did. I actually did do keto. If you've done extremely low carb, um, if you've done old school paleo, if you have done Atkins back in the day, I also did Atkins. Um, then you actually probably have done some form of keto. Um, you know, it's easy to be swept up into those things and it's easy to feel like maybe this is the answer. Is this my golden ticket? And then I remind myself, nope, because what am I trying to answer? What do I actually want that, that this, that this golden ticket, this new golden diet is maybe possibly answering what I actually want is I probably just want to have a little bit more energy throughout the day and that's about it. And I want to have a routine that gets me into the gym more often. That doesn't mean I need to go on keto. Probably means that I need to dial back the caffeine I'm having in the afternoon so that I can sleep better at night. Probably means that I need to set up a schedule that allows me to get into the gym when it's easier in the day, which is early morning for me, right? 
That doesn't mean I need to go on a diet. So healthy eating for me looks like it's a very intuitive process. Um, for example, we were just in Austin for a team retreat. And at that team retreat, I had, gosh, the night before, my sisters and I were, got together the night before. We had a really, really big dinner. It wasn't overly indulgent so much as it was just really big and we had lots of really lovely foods. And the next day, I just wanted simple foods. You could, from a bird's eye view, you might look at it as, oh, I was restricting in order to make up for the foods that I had the day before, but that really wasn't the case. When we checked in the next morning to our team retreat location, we had these gluten-free brownies there. I didn't even want it. I knew I could have it. I knew I could have that brownie if I wanted it, but I didn't even want it because I'd had such an indulgent day the day before. What I really wanted were some green juice. And so I went to Whole Foods and I bought two green juices and I slammed those and I and that made me feel a little bit better. I knew I could have the brownie if I wanted, but I didn't snag it because I wanted to, I, I knew I would want it at some point. I just didn't want it then. That's what eating looks like for me now is I find that at the end of the week, I've eaten about the same amount of indulgences without planning it. By the end of the week, I've probably had, gosh, I don't know, four desserts. By the end of the week, I have had five servings of some kind of a leafy green. Maybe it's way more than that. I don't know. I'm kind of making these numbers up. Um, maybe I have had, um, you know, a, like an, a certain amount of water. And maybe on some days throughout that week, I had less water. Some days I had more. But by the end of the week, everything's evened out. So some days might be more indulgent. Some days I yo-yo back into the other, or the pendulum, I should say, swings to the other side. And I just listen to what my body wants. If my body wants green juice and steamed kale and maybe a tea, uh, an herbal tea that afternoon, then that's what I give my body. If my body really, if I'm like, gosh, no, I really want to try that brownie. That looks awesome. Then I try the brownie. That's what it looks like for me now. Okay, hopefully, hopefully this was helpful and not too rambly and I hope you enjoyed it and I want to just pat you on the back right now. You've got this. You really have got this. You guys, we're about to, like I said, we're going to stare that monster square in the eyes in the next few weeks with all the diet trends coming up. But if this resonates with you, remember that you too can break the diet cycle. You can do it and you can do it anytime, anytime, anytime. Doesn't have to be right now. You know what? You can do your January thing if you're like, no, but I'm already set and I promised my neighbor I would do this whatever 30 thing with her, then do that thing with your neighbor. Come back to this, revisit it later. It's all going to be okay. The answers are not on the plate. The answers are not in a special golden ticket program. You have them. You just need to sit down and write them out, think them through, and you can solve this for yourself. All right, guys, I believe in you. Have a great day. Hopefully all of your holiday travel is safe and merry and bright, and we will be back again next week.